Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This is Nicole Hannah-Jones, creator of the 1619 Project from the New York Times Magazine. The project makes a case that you don't often hear in history textbooks, that slavery was foundational to America. So it wasn't surprising that we ignited a fierce debate among historians about these issues. But that's the power of the New York Times, to spark an important dialogue with bold, rigorous reporting that forces us to examine our assumptions. To learn more, go to nytimes.com slash worth it. Disney's A Wrinkle in Time is in cinemas now. Hi, I'm Imri, the host of The Wannabe Podcast, and you are listening to a very special bonus episode. Wannabe is the podcast that takes you from where you are now to where you want to be in 30 minutes or less. I had the honor and privilege to sit down with director Ava DuVernay. I don't think I'll ever be able to put into words how special this was for me. Ava DuVernay was nominated for the Academy Award Best Picture for Selma and Best Documentary Film for 13th. She wrapped up four Golden Globe nominations and won four Emmys, a Peabody Award and a BAFTA. Her work includes Middle of Nowhere, Selma, 13th, Jay-Z's A Family Feud music short film video, Queen Sugar and of course A Wrinkle in Time to name a few. Ava also founded Array, an incredible independent film collective which is dedicated to the amplification of independent films by people of colour and women globally. Just so you know, there is a little bit of shuffling and banging in some of the audio. We try to get rid of as much as we could, but it's still a little bit noticeable. So please don't let that take away from the incredible insights Ava has to share. A Wrinkle in Time is an adaptation of Madeleine Longle's 1962 novel. The story follows teenager Meg Murray, played by Storm Reid, as she travels across dimensions to rescue her scientist father. Meg is guided by the Mrs. W's, played by Oprah Winfrey, Mindy Carling, and Reese Witherspoon. The book and the movie are about what it means to be a source of light in a world where darkness seems to prevail. During the roundtable, Ava shared so freely, so we'll jump straight in with whether she saw herself in her leading lady. Yeah, I think I definitely saw myself in a black girl, glasses, uh, you know, curly hair, um, you know, unsure of my place in the world, uh, not necessarily thinking I was special, uh, and wanting to be special, wanting to do something, um, wanting to raise my voice, not knowing how, not knowing if it mattered. Uh, and so, yeah, I think, you know, I definitely, one of the reasons why I wanted to take the, the, make this film was because there's so many girls like Meg. That's not unique to me. I think when you're in 11, 11 years old, 12 years old, 13 years old, that age, it's really rare to find a confident child. You know what I mean? Because that's the time when you're going from adolescence to, to being a teenager and nothing is sure. You're trying to figure out who you are and what your place is. And so often our girls... Um, you know, are told that how they look and how they think and how they speak and how they act and what they want to be is not necessarily what the world wants them to be. 
act like, look like. Um, and so that's why I really, really wanted to do this film. It was important to me that this film exists and it be in the world. We could see this girl of color, you know, uh, battle her demons and win. You know, not only do that, but pop planets and fight the darkness and save the universe, right? <laughs> and so, um, you know, I loved making it. I love and I love the story. How many of us have felt that way, especially as young women being told that certain jobs or places weren't for us or that we have to work twice as hard because of the colour of our skin? It's so crazy making and it's no surprise that everything we do, we want to do it right the first time round. We want to be perfect. Every single thing we try has to be the best of the best. And it doesn't give us room to mess up, to make mistakes or to get it right on the fifth try or the fourth try because we've given up already. So I'm sure you may want to make a massive career jump or apply for a job where you have no experience and it's scary and it's daunting and I've been there. And if you think you need to be perfect the first time around, well, here's some news for you. If you don't hit this like in the first week or this first month or the first year and become that thing that you're not successful, anything that you're doing and you're going to be good at is progressive. So it's steps, little steps, little steps, and each step should make you feel good because your steps are getting you closer to where you want to go. But our society teaches you you got to make a big leap and land on the other side or else it didn't work, and that's a lie. That's a lie that they tell us. So you take your steps and every day. A lot of people say, oh, I want to be an actor. I want to be a writer. I want to be a director. I want to be a doctor. I want to be whatever. It's like, are you doing something every single day? A little thing every single day. Did you read that book? Did you make that phone call? Did you go see that thing? Did you, like every day, just a little thing to get there. Because a lot of people dream, but not enough people pursue the dream. And the pursuit of the dream is a beautiful part. It's fun. I look back and I... You know, I've got some friends that are at a, a, a hot fe film festival in L.A. right now, South by Southwest, and I see a couple young black women filmmakers going out there with their first films, and I'm like, wow, I remember how good that feels. Your first thing, scary, but your first thing, and you can never have your first time back. So enjoy it and take every step. I think there's something incredibly powerful in hearing someone like Ava say that, you know, perfectionism is a myth you don't need to be trapped by it and I as an overachiever high achiever perfectionist in life have been guilty of not wanting to submit something to release something because it wasn't perfect so I can definitely 100% relate and I'm sure that some of you can too so I hope hearing that was freeing for you we turn to creativity and as creatives, we have, of course, got the license to create whatever it is that we want in this world. And there are times that we may get blocked and feel like our creativity has betrayed us. So I know that I'm pretty guilty of assuming that whatever I'm innately good at is just going to be there forever and ever. And, you know, sometimes I don't have to work at hard, as hard for certain things. Well... I really believe creativity is something that needs to be respected inside of you as an artist or as a creative person. Creativity is like a muscle, you know, that needs to be exercised. Uh, so it's something that you really need to respect and keep healthy and nourish and feed. Um, I think so often creative people who are just kind of naturally creative, like they know how to put a room together or they know how to dress or they know how to tell a story or sing or dance or whatever it is that people do or write, take pictures, whatever it is something it's usually they, they call it a gift and people take it for granted but it's not a gift you know what I mean it is um it is a uh it is it is ephemeral it's like dust you know and if you don't hold it tightly 
and take care of it, it will fly away and it'll disappear. I mean, we know, you know, great singers, you know, who took it for granted and they, now they don't sing the same. You know what I mean? They, we know great actors. They started out so bright and now, you know, they're in the same thing over and over and they're not like pushing themselves and nourishing themselves. You see it across the board with all kinds of creative people. I love my best, best examples of creativity that I've always admired are people who risk because they're exercising the muscle, right? And they are, are pushing themselves. It's only when you do something hard do you keep the creative muscle working. And so, um, so yeah, organizing yourself around that idea of what is the thing for me, what is the thing that's going to push me is how I prioritize. You know that this podcast is all about action. And I think that was it. We need to work at our creativity a little bit every day. Otherwise, we're going to lose it. And boy, there has been times where I have lost it and embarrassed myself. And so don't end up like me, please. Remember when Prisca said growth is uncomfortable? Well, saddle up and feel the discomfort to become the very best if that is what you want. So you know by now that self-care is a huge topic for me on this podcast and many of the wonderful actions that have been shared have included taking care of yourself, but hands up if you're still guilty of overdoing it. I do not practice self-care well at all. I work, work, work because I really wanted to, I didn't pick up a camera until I was 32. So when I got the chance to work, I was like, I'm doing it. And I just never, I haven't wanted to stop. And so I just, I go, go, go. I have Queen Sugar TV show. I'm developing this. I got 13th documentary. I'm working on it one time. I'm like doing tons of things. But I don't take enough time just to sit. I don't take enough vacations. I don't take enough time for, for myself. So I think that's a, that's a flaw in me that I really want to fix. It's hard to try to figure out how. You know, I mean, it's not just a massage one day. You know what I mean? It's like a lifestyle of how do you really change your life. So that's one of the things I'd like to do. Woo! That was a word, right? As someone that burned out seven times last year. And I'm resting on the edge of one right now. It is reassuring to know that we aren't alone in this. For real though, we need to take some time out. Even if it's 10 minutes to do a meditation or just saying... No, just say no. You can say no. It's okay to say no. Look after yourselves. You have to. It's the only way we'll survive and create amazing and beautiful work. So if you know me personally, you will know I have guest goals. And I have had three women written on my wardrobe when I knew I was going to start this podcast. The first was Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. Second was Marie Folio, and third was Ava DuVernay. That was not the order in which I wanted them. It's just how I've written it down. I first encountered Ava's A Middle of Nowhere on Netflix. I watched Selma in the cinema when it first came out. 13th, I have watched about five times. And Queen Sugar, we won't talk about how I watched it, but just know that I am a big fan and I enjoy it so much. Ava is one of my favorite directors and so it was so incredible to hear more about the team, her relationship with her editor Spencer Averick and the process of creating the incredible body of work that she has done thus far. Yeah, so Spencer Averick is a the polar opposite of me. He's a uh, like about six years younger than me, white man, um, but it's like we share the same brain. 
um, uh, in terms of editing. Uh, we've edited every single thing I've ever made from when I had $500 to pay him to do a whole movie. Our very first documentary, This is the Life. Second thing I got was a, a thing for BET in America where I did a, a documentary on female MCs. The, the, the first uh, 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 feature film that I made for the money that I was saving for a house, small money and begging and borrowing, I will follow. The film that won Sundance, Middle of Nowhere, Selma, the Jay-Z video, Wrinkle in Time, like anything I do, he edits. So um, that close relationship is a big deal, and it's a part of the filmmaking process that a lot of people don't talk, I appreciate the question, don't talk about the director-editor relationship. Because after you're on the set and you get all the footage, you take it back into a dark room and you sit there for six months with your editor, and you try to piece it together like a puzzle and make the best story that you can. And so that person, that relationship becomes really important. Um, so yeah, he's, he's worked on everything I've done. Um, Wrinkle in Time was really different for us. Um, he did 13th, he does everything. So, um, so it was uh, just a beautiful relationship to see grow. I think he's my closest collaborator because he's the only person out of everything that I've made that hasn't changed. Listen, this was everything me and Preska were talking about in episode 41. You need people that get on board with your mission, that can be out there in the trenches with you, that understand the importance of what it is that you are creating and they can completely get on board with it. If you recall in episode 28 with Melissa Silverstein, she shared that she had broken the news that Ava was the first black woman to direct a film with a budget of over $100 million. Oh my God. For A Wrinkle in Time. It's such a huge achievement and it's so well-deserved. I was curious whether Ava had to make a mental and also a technical jump to deal with the world she was creating for A Wrinkle in Time, but also to deal with a budget of that size. There's quite a bit of CGI in Selma that people don't see because it's naturalistic, but you know, you can't, can't really kill people, you can't really beat people. You know, when, we, when he had to stage some of those really serious murders and beatings and, and, uh, and, and the protests that got violent, you know, all of those hits and all the comps and things that you have to do, it's, it's all of it's, a lot of it's computer generated. And, and the film was not done for a lot of money, so all of the huge crowds that you see, um, those aren't really there. Uh, so a lot of like you know world replacement there. The difference in, in from Selma obviously is more of a realistic CG, and uh, and Wrinkle in Time is we're creating worlds that don't exist. So you have to design and then take it to the computer. And the design part is just really 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 fun. You know you get to build worlds and think about what they'd be. And in this film I wanted the worlds. I really studied a lot what what kids want to see because I think that there are a lot of films that are made by adults with kids in them that are not for kids. They're for adults making movies with kids in them. But what do kids really want to see? That's why kids are giving this an A cinema score in America. Between the ages of 7 and 14, walking out giving an A cinema score, even though, you know, it's not for adults, it's for them. And so you have to study what are the things that they are interested in. And part of it is when they're seeing worlds that they... You have to create worlds based on things they know. So that's why one of the worlds is rock and fog. Another world is trees that become a monster. Another world is 
a beautiful world with rolling hills because these are things that little kids know but then you see it distorted just enough um, as opposed to like Star Wars or things like that not quite for the littlest kids you know what I mean like our babies who just can't even grasp our real world right now so um so all of that went into it and and it was kind of an intricate process and I haven't talked a lot about that so I'm glad you asked the question about how we um, created those layers aimed for our young minds oh my god she said she loved my question I was kicking myself and asking about her color palettes as she has always had this really distinct color choice in all of her work actually and they can be pretty earthy whereas in Summer and 13th there's a lot of like neutral tones like blacks and grays which I really love. A Wrinkle in Time is very very colorful and it's rich and vibrant and just super fun to look at Um, and there's also some distinct costume choices that I'd love to delve into so Ava if you are listening I would love to get into that conversation with you. We wrap up with Ava sharing what it's like to be a storyteller and how she works with the words of others. As I mentioned at the top of the show, A Wrinkle in Time is a book by Madeleine Longle. And Ava talks a lot about the importance of intention. And we also get a glimpse of her vision and where she plans to take her work in the future. Disney took a big, um, big, you know, leap with this film because it had been a hard book to adapt. Um, and I said, God, this is a really hard film to make, but if, if we do it, who, who is it for and what is it going to be like? And why do you even do it? What is the point to do it? And so, you know, making sure that she was always solving problems and getting ahead through her intellect, through her math, through her, you know, you guys have seen it, the reason that she knows that she can push off and fly is because she knows physics and she says it's lift. You know, the reason why she can... Um, uh, although she's not hearing the Sade play during Sade, but the, the reason why she can get up the, the, into the room to see her father is because she's doing a math problem, right? And, the, and you see her doing the equation. She's walking on the math that she's doing in her head. You know, the reason that she can escape the monster when the land is coming after them, and she says, do you trust me? She stopped and she checked the wind velocity, right? And so you've seen not just a black girl, you know, but a black girl using her mind. Not using a gun, not using her sass, not using her beauty, using her mind. And those are things you can't quantify. There's no box office to say how that those images are going to affect. There's no critic anywhere that can tell me how that's going to affect those girls. And always make sure that women are well represented in the roles that are within it. But um, I think my, my, like what takes precedent for me in terms of the work that I'm choosing are things that really speak to the experience of black people. Uh, and so that's what, in all my work, uh, I'm, I'm prioritizing. I think there are plenty of filmmakers out there to talk about everything else. But I'm here to talk about the stories of people of color across the diaspora, particularly black people. And so those are the things I'm interested in. So whether it takes its view from, you know, Selma, or whether it's Queen Sugar, which is a series that's kind of like a, like a soap about a family uh, in, in the South, or whether it's the 13th and it's a documentary about our rights, or whether it's, you know, a little black girl hopping planets through the universe. Those are all prioritizing the image and a narrative about us. Find your light and watch A Wrinkle in Time. So check out your local listings to find the next showing. To find out more about Ava DuVernay, you can follow her at Ava, A-V-A, and visit avaduvernay.com to find out more about her work. You should definitely check it out. She's incredible. And be sure to visit Array, which is her independent film distribution network, by visiting arraynow.com. 
If you like how this podcast is made and you think you can do what I do, then you need to reach out to the Shoutout Network. To find out more about membership, visit shoutoutnetwork.co.uk. Be sure to follow Wannabe on Twitter and Instagram at Wannabe Podcast and let us know what you think of the film. If you are enjoying this podcast, please do leave a review on iTunes. I love receiving them and it will be awesome to see a few more come through. The music on this podcast is by Audio Binger, What Dreams Become, and the Blue Dot Sessions, Smooth Stone. Special thanks to Vamp PR and Disney. Thank you for listening. Bye. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.